0: Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body.
1: Good evening for me, lads, this time, instead of it being a uh, early morning and a late night for you, it's a little bit of a different thing for me. I'm not sitting here, I can't talk about my sunset over my hammock in the Bahamas, now I'm going to talk about...
2: Just darkness, I'm in an office. That's not as much fun, really, is it? Look, to be honest, don't don't worry. It's not like uh, Jared and I can report about anything uh, that's really appealing outside. <laughs> I'm staring out the window <laughs> at the moment, and I think uh, – I think the Melbourne weather has found its way to Sydney, which is not. Oh jeez. Yeah, we've had um, Ali. To provide you with context, we've had. I think it's they. They said it was the wettest day in November yesterday, uh, since <gasps> about 1985 or 84 or something. Is that description? Oh, wow, so, go
0: crazy. <laughs> That's
1: a lot of water.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was cars floating. There was cars floating and all sorts. It was it was chaos yesterday.
1: Are you serious? That's
3: yeah. that's intense. <laughs> oh, well it's par- probably
0: one car, but you know, it sounds better than the for the story. One car was floating, that sounds pretty chaos <laughs> <curious, laughs> you know Sorry So to mean? everyone we, we on the car
3: day here. <laughs>
1: To everyone listening in, this uh, this amazing British accent that we've had join us in the background is Mr. Martin Silva, known as one of the uh, greatest physiques actually at the moment uh, globally and uh, man of an 8-pack, but I, I think it could probably be 10 for all we know as far as, <laughs> as, far as we see online. But um, this gentleman is a WBFF pro and also a very accomplished fitness professional. He's got a very... You um, look like an amazing, an amazing online um, presence. So, Martin, look, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your history, your background? And I'm excited to let our listeners know that this is a gentleman that's done it completely all the way through naturally.
0: Thanks, thanks very much for the introduction. So, yeah, just a quick insight into my background. I've always been very active and into playing sports and whatnot. So, I've always had a very competitive nature. Grew up, grew up like as uh, you know, with a single mother raising me, and uh, she always pushed me to play sports and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I really just it was just in my nature, really, the competitive kind of stuff. And then I was introduced, uh, basically, I qualified as a personal trainer at, at a young age, at the age of about nineteen. Didn't really get on too well in mm-hmm. college, and then I never looked back. Really, I just, I just loved it. I started lifting weights really young. I started lifting weights at like the age of fourteen. And yeah. yeah, like I said, I was a trainer by the age of 19. And then always playing rugby, uh, not not really at that higher level, but uh, always playing rugby and enjoying it and playing multiple sports, really. And then I think it was in 2013, I found out about the world of competing, really. Obviously, I, I always knew what bodybuilding was and wasn't really big into it. But then I found out about... You know, initially how I started was as a men's physique athlete, uh, IFBB. Yeah. So yeah. yes, and this is obviously all in the UK. I'm from, I'm from Wales in the UK. So um, yeah, so that's where I started really. And I stepped on stage as a men's physique athlete in 2013. And then from 2013 up until 2016, I think I competed eight times. So I didn't quite get the results I wanted as a men's physique athlete in IFBB. But then I managed to jump ships over at the WBFF. I've competed three times with the WBFF and uh, made my way up to the pro level. Obviously, I've done it naturally as well. But um, yeah, and, and just in terms of my, my livelihoods, like I said, I've been a personal trainer for like 12, 13 years. I've kind of dipped in and out of online coaching. Um, I've just been trying to learn and, and, and try and, you know, learn as much as I can about nutrition and whatnot in the meantime. Yeah. And, and, you know, because everyone knows everyone's different. So when it comes to actually getting someone long-term results, you know, right nowadays I'm more about getting, you know, getting people lifetime results in terms of uh, health. Yeah. And, and you know, my, my, my kind of philosophy is if you can make health a priority, then the aesthetics come as a byproduct, product and, and that's kind of where I'm at now, really. Yeah. yeah so well, I'm I'm much,
3: long-term yeah. results.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. And it's about. definitely... It's definitely the best way to be, and I think you know when you've got that approach to anything, the transition then to being able to communicate that from an online process becomes um, far easier, far easier. Wouldn't you agree, guys?
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, most definitely. I, you know, I've seen Martin around the traps at uh, Tidy Fitness. He's he he made the made the move. I think one or two years ago, you came over from the UK and found your way to the beaches is that correct
0: that's right mate yeah about 20 months ago yeah so not, not far off two years now yeah yeah so for, and, <laughs> what's that we cannot blame you no at i know you. Can't, <laughs> can't blame you coming from wet windy wales to uh, the sunny beaches in the <laughs> eastern suburbs
2: and the thing is is you know uh, you know just looking through uh, martin 's instagram any, any of uh, any of our listeners if if you get the opportunity after this or during the podcast you, you'll you 'll get a grasp of of, of what martin 's all about with regard to that notion of health being a, a priority first and foremost mm. uh, and, and then how that translates the, the physique being the byproduct of that and, and you can mm-hmm. see that he 's leading that that healthy lifestyle and just seeing uh, the way in which he interacts and engages with a lot of his gen pop clients i was actually checking your instagram story um you know today and you know the last couple of weeks you've been focused on flexibility mobility work and and you're taking that translating that to uh some of your your clients um and i mean the proof is in the pudding you're leading a healthier lifestyle and and your physique still looks phenomenal even if you're not competing um Yeah. uh, yeah i think over the last couple of weeks we've really been honing in on you know whilst we're all taking our fitness seriously and we are being competitors one point or another uh, and, and you yourself doing eight shows in the past um, you know, we, we are very mindful that uh, you know, a sustainable approach looking at long-term mm. health is really important. I know that Jared, yeah. you're really pushing that with a lot of your clients as well. Um, just that notion of, you know, being in it for the long game, not the short yeah. game.
3: Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think, Everyone needs to have that focus, though, because if we look at things short term, then we're short sighted. We don't we don't take in the whole picture, and and that's where that's where we just run into troubles because we're so focused and we burn out really quickly in this short period mm. of time, and then we're left wondering where to go. But if we take a long term approach, and and you know, I I think Ali and myself, we've also, and yourself, Robbie, we've all, we've all had to take the long-term approach in coming back from injuries and -hmm. rehabilitation. And and I think we've said this in podcasts before, but this probably gives us more of an insight into, into looking at it long-term. You know, when I I guess like I was younger, it was always harder, faster, um, more weight is better. But then when you take a step back and think about long-term, you know, I want, I want to be, I want to still be lifting weights when I'm, 50 60 years old maybe nowhere near as intensely but i still want to be able to do the the fun Mm -hmm. things that i enjoy Mm -hmm. and what makes life um enjoyable and keeping me healthy and fit and i think that just has needs to translate into into others and and i do try and um talk about this with my clients because it's a Mm -hmm. big it's a big thing looking at the long-term picture
0: absolutely i just wanted to say on that note you that's exactly what i say as well and what my belief is Literally, there's no reason why you shouldn't be lifting weights until pretty much the day you die. That might be a bit drastic. But if you do it right, and as Robbie was saying with mobility and stuff like that, you know, it's only about two years ago I started taking the mobility stuff seriously because, you know, as you said, with injuries, you get niggles here and there. And you kind of ignore it to a certain extent because you're used to just like cracking on and pushing yourself. And then you think to yourself, oh, okay. And to be honest, like that concept alone, just focusing on uh, moving better and and loosening up my tight muscles and strengthening my weak muscles, that alone was a game changer. You know, I built more muscle, my posture improved and everything. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Look, and I can completely attest to that too, Martin, because, you know, the comeback for me post my broken back, that's exactly what it's looked like. And mobility and... um, I guess patterns of movement and looking at good organisation of my spine before anything else has allowed my physique to progress at an exponential rate and in ways I would never have imagined. Just doing the traditional methods to get to stage, so the you know the the, the complete shape of my physique has changed. My t- the tapered waistline I've been able to achieve by changing the protocols and the way that I actually approach training and by, you know, incorporating mobility and flexibility as one of the primary elements of importance within a fitness, you know, um, perimeter being, you know, mobility, flexibility, as well as then, you know, strength and then cardiovascular fitness. It's all three. It's not just go hard, go strong, or not just go run a marathon. It's all three elements for proper optimal health. And when you do adopt that strategy where all three come into play, I tell you what, magic actually happens. And it might feel like you take a little bit of a kindergarten approach at times to what you're doing because you might be doing, you know, more execution over effort-based stuff. But long-term, the the you know, um, I think longevity of you in the game, in the sport and then in life, in fitness is there. But also I think you bring a better physique. I really do. I truly believe that. I know that um, I've been able to prove that theory on stage now three years consecutive.
2: Wow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, and I think, uh, you know, looking at that health perspective and looking at that long-term approach and, and how often we can get so, you know, focused on on short game, you know, whether it's a competition mm. or whatever. Mm. Just looking at Martin, I was looking at your uh, Instagram before and you made a recent post there's, and, and it's timely because, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in light of the fact that we're about to re- uh, reach the, the festive season, the holidays, uh, and summer I- I- if you're down under. And and you, you sh- what you show is, you show, and I quote, Fluffy Martin. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't it, you know, oh, Cuddly. Cuddly, cuddly that's
0: right. Yeah, Cuddly <laughs> Martin.
3: Cuddly Martin?
2: I don't cuddly know.
0: Martin. Oh, very that's Cuddly
3: Martin. He looked joyful. So. And, and, I think we should make a teddy – I
1: think
3: we should make a I'm teddy pretty, And I'm pretty sure,
1: Martin, that my response to this was Cuddly Martin is actually what most people's well, desirable mate. optimal outcome would be. And you're <laughs> to be honest,
2: that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, no, it's cuddly, it's cuddly Martin. Um. Cuddly Martin's got uh, a chest that I would want, so uh, I think I'd be happy with that. But, um, Thanks,
0: mate. One of the things – I'll, I'll swap post, my chest for your obliques.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. That's a good trade-off. One of the nah. things one of the things that I saw was you, you you've got a comparison shot and you've got yeah. you've got you at nine percent body fat and then you've got yourself absolutely dialed in at three percent body fat prior to stepping on stage. Mm. Uh and you know what you made mention of is is finding that balance between mm. something that it's unsustainable at three percent body fat and absolutely shredded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thirteen percent body fat where perhaps uh you may have felt that you let yourself go go or relaxed a little bit more over the festive season. I, I think something that, that, that is of interest and people can relate to or want to relate to is how have you found that perfect balance do you yeah. find between to between being this like to be perfectly honest, the middle ground you're pretty dialed in, but having yeah. set what you've mentioned is, is that not only from a physical standpoint, but from a psychological standpoint, you, you're happy with this. How have you found that balance? Uh, being someone who, who obviously took your competing very seriously uh, at one point, how have you found that balance?
0: Yeah, it's a good way to put it. To be honest, I w- yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this, as, you, as you said, perfect balance. As you know, like, there's probably no such thing as perfect balance, but we're always striving for that, right? And I'm definitely getting closer and closer to, to a more balanced lifestyle. And managing to, you know, as I said, maintain the aesthetics now without without actually thinking about it. It's it's now a byproduct. It's the same as you guys, right? We we lift weights to feel good, right? So that's kind of like where I was going with putting health first. Obviously, we want to look good, but when you you know you know what it's like, you do a weight training session, you feel better afterwards, right? So you feel good, and then that becomes you know a byproduct, as I said. But to find that balance was it was like it was quite a long road, really, to be honest. And I kind of built a bit of a, I'm not sure if, if you guys can relate to this, but I built up an eating disorder, essentially the binge eating disorder from restricting so many times, restricting not only for shows, but for photo shoots and whatnot. And I built up a really, really unhealthy relationship with food. So I wasn't really in a good place mentally. And I was really, this this is uh, as, as far as up until about two, two and a half years ago, actually, and yep. I used to really battle. It's probably yeah, probably about two and a half years ago. I used to really battle with maintaining my physique. So this would be an example. So like I would go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Bear in mind, this is yep. not even when I'm competing or training for anything. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would be like kind of restricting my food. So I'd be in, I would think back then that I was eating healthy, but in reality, I was eating chicken, broccoli, you know, salmon, the kind of stuff you yeah. eat when you compete in with a little bit more variety. Then I would get to Friday and I'd be like, Oh, I'd be struggling to keep it together. And I'd be like, Oh, right. I feel like I need, I need something like a cheat meal. And then before, you know, it, I'd have one meal and then it would sometimes turn into a Friday, Saturday, Sunday binge. So, and I yeah. repeat, I repeated that cycle for like a year or two. And how, how I haven't done any yeah. permanent damage, I really don't know. So in answer to your question, it's, it's kind of like the, the suffering I went through really with the, the body image issues as well, because you know what it's like you've been on stage and you're being critiqued against some of the best athletes on the planet um Mm. so any insecurities you've got i mean sometimes it kind of it kind of makes them worse so that's why i always say to people yeah i mean try and peel off the layers as to why you want to compete before you do it because i think the aftermath is just as important as actually what you what you're doing leading up to it is the aftermath have you got a bit of a game plan as Mm. to what you're going to do afterwards Mm. But um, yeah, so to, it, find, to find that balance, it was mainly a case of learning and listening to podcasts, actually. So tune into yeah. um, one particular podcast, uh, Mind Pump. I'm going to give them a little shout out because they kind of changed the game for me. Uh, Mind Pump, they're based in America. And uh, yeah, those guys have been like trainers for like 20 years. One of them is an IFBB pro men's physique guy. And I just learned so much from them. And I started applying the stuff they were saying and just just, not just them, but I was just... You know, trying stuff like intermittent fasting and just experimenting, and then gradually just just finding a bit more balance. And before you know it, then um, as I said, the aesthetics were uh, came as just a result of of really focusing on internally. On you know, for example, you know, how's my sleep? How's my skin? You know, am I getting stronger in the Mm. gym? So focusing on my performance as opposed to just how I look. That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of a long winded answer, but. Along those lines. It's funny
3: um, (laughs) funny you say say the word balance, Martin, because like a lot of people – um, you know, it's a bit of, bit of a thing that's going around, I guess, the industry at the moment with comp season coming to an yeah. end. People, you know, they all have their own different version of balance. And like you were saying, yeah. you had an eating disorder. I had no idea what you're talking about. Mate, I like to eat uh, steamed chicken and broccoli 365 <laughs> uh, <laughs> days a year. So I'm, I'm, yeah, a, right. I'm a true athlete. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I, I, I never go off plan. I don't know what you're talking about. I think, I think, anyone, that does, <laughs> I think anyone that does shows, come on, let's be serious doesn't matter if you're a pro or an amateur. Oh, to you degree, to We we do like even after going mm. through such a, you know, strict diet phase, it's that oh, you know God, it, yes. it, it might only, it might only be 2 or 3 days and it could carry on yeah, for but still 2 or 3 weeks. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. We all yeah. it's very unhealthy, yes, for the from the that mindset being so restricted. But It's funny the term you use, balance, because it is going around at the moment, and everyone has their own version. Like you say two years ago when you were eating really clean Monday to Friday, and then it was Friday night cheat meal, you probably would have thought, I'm balanced, and and then Saturday would lead into another cheat meal, and you're like, no, no, it's all right, because I did five days of good dieting and hard training, but then by the time it got to the Sunday, you start to question yourself, and I'm sure Mm. you're not alone in any aspect. There are so many Mm. people out there that struggle with this as well. But it it, it is just about education and taking time and learning what works for your body Mm. and and like you said, listening to different um, podcasts and getting different avenues of information because the problem is I think that a lot of people, they they do what they've done for so long and they've done this dieting and that's all they do. They do their comp prep diet and then when they're not in comp prep, they add a little bit more carbs, but there's no actual variety and there's no... Um, enjoyment in what they're doing. It's the same thing with their training. It's the same thing yeah, day right. in, day out. And no wonder why it feels like Groundhog Day because it, it is. And right. and no one's going to enjoy that. And like you said, we go into the gym, we lift for enjoyment. You should be eating for enjoyment too. As humans, we eat as, as social creatures. Like we love to go out and socialize with people. Mm. So if you only have locked away eating out of Tupperware containers, it's only going to drive you one way. So – you know, balance mm. is such a massive thing and finding each individual's version of what balance is. 100%. I think that's yeah. the key.
0: That's it. And that's but, it. Yeah, go cool on. I, I was just going to say something real quick and that's kind of one of the reasons why I started my own podcast. So is my little chance mm. for a plug now, by the way. Um, <laughs> now <Nah. laughs> nah, it's op- Optimize Your Body, my podcast. And uh, yeah, like the on or off mentality, right? That, and that's what we're looking yeah. at now. We're looking yeah. at ex- in the fitness industry right now, there's so much... I heard you guys talking about this actually on the first ever episode. You you mentioned there's so much bad information out there, right? And the thing is like people are taking the wrong information and the on or off mentality. I mean that is something that people need to hone in on, right? Because like you Mm -hmm. said just then, dieting down for something, for a particular thing, whether or not it's a holiday or a photo shoot, you cannot live your whole life as a healthy human with that mentality. You need to try and find that balance and focus on, for example, eating more vegetables. That was a game changer for me. Just consistently eating more vegetables, I started feeling better, and then that, that alone was a game changer. So,
2: yeah, I, mean, you know, I, I just think we we're just hearing Martin's story there. Um, people that do take their um, sort of maybe their their competitive career quite seriously. Um, or, or their fitness career, if you're invested in the fitness industry, there are times, because you are so invested in it, you can often lose perspective and a, a sense of identity beyond the physique. Yeah. And, and often people yeah. will attach their identity to their physique. And as soon as, for whatever reason, it reaches a level of normalcy, not, it hasn't deteriorated, it's just <laughs> it, it's, it's at a state of being normal, we can often get down on ourselves for not living up to a certain standard. And just knowing that you... You, you've changed your focus from being so focused on uh, you know the physique uh, and now focusing on processes and getting fulfillment from that. it's shifted mm. your psyche um, and, and you're in a happier healthier mindset from a psychological standpoint and I think anyone that's listening that that does take their um, you know competitive career seriously and tying in with that their physique development do understand that you are more than the physique and that you should be able to get fulfilment from processes, as Martin mentioned, you know, focusing on am I lifting more? And I know we've spoken over the last few weeks about mm-hmm. the importance of focusing on strength performance or, or, or you know, channeling our focus towards how we train uh, and getting enjoyment and fulfilment from goal-setting orientated mm-hmm. towards that. I think it lends itself to being in a happier, healthier mindset and more balanced mindset.
1: Oh, I mean... I think also... I think also, too, you probably honed in on the fact that, Martin, what it took for you was really having a really good look at your inner game. So, you know, starting to identify the things within yourself that were making you or leading you to be susceptible to those behaviours that you knew were unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that sounds to me like that was like the key and the starting point then to start to try to unravel, you know, what was a bit of a, a bit of a messy time for you, I guess, at the time. And And to be honest with you, there are so many people out there listening to this that have gone through or are going through exactly what you just described. It is mm. so common and it is, you know, it's something that it's, it's quite scary and it's something that I really feel, you know, concerned for people when they when I see it or hear it, that they're going through it in the midst or in the throes of that process. If you could give a tip or a piece of advice, I guess, to someone listening that might be in the midst of one of these, you know, really strong binge purge type processes, what would it be? what would you give them as a, as a first port of call?
0: Yeah, I would just say to try to focus on, you know, for example, training a lot of people and, you know, personal training, you know, as, as a personal trainer, some of the, a lot of the clients I actually deal with, they kind of, they're training because they don't like certain parts of their body or cause they, they hate this part of their body or, you know, I, I'm, I don't like it's, again, it comes back to insecurities, right? But it's, you know, it's totally normal. Yeah. We live in a world now in a very superficial world where, you know, like the with the kind of emergence of social media and stuff like that, even if it's subconscious, we're comparing ourselves to other people nonstop. So it's only normal for that to be actually even worse nowadays for people to think, you know. Anyways, to focus on training, again, it it, it kind of sounds a little bit like woo-woo, right? But to train because you love yourself, right? You should be – the right reason yeah. is, is – it's, it's easy for me to sit here and say this is the right reason to train. But – you should focus on training because you want to take care of yourself and do things in life. And when it comes to the nutrition as well, we all know how important that is. You know, you'll start connecting the dots if you just give it a bit of time in terms of what one tip, for example, is to try and try and eliminate or reduce processed foods and just focus on eating mainly primarily whole foods. Cause that for me was so transformative. Um, it's, uh, it's unreal. So I guess if I could just say in one or two sentences, it's, You know, train because because you want to take care of yourself, and not because you you hate yourself, because that's kind of the wrong reason. And um, love that, yeah. And and just try and tune in. And I think one of the most important things is who you surround yourself with and what you actually choose to tune into. So you know most people most of us well i don't do this anymore but get up in the morning straight away you're on social media scrolling through you know you're putting yourself in a state of stress straight away we have all this amazing information out there like you guys with your podcast and your message my podcast you know optimize your body if you tune into the right stuff that will then eventually it will sink in and you'll start thinking oh do you know what before you know it you're in the shape of your life without thinking about
3: it but it just takes time yeah. you know? Yeah. surely the weather surely the weather in Australia plays a huge role as well mate oh for <laughs> sure for sure
0: yeah definitely that plays a massive role yeah
3: you, you know you walk around hitting those beaches in the Melbourne in the uh, Australian summer yeah so, uh-huh. you know, is a much better place to be
0: oh definitely definitely yeah. and don't get me wrong right. I just wanted to say I love looking good I don't want to make out I'm this kind of hippie person who just likes to you know I like to look good, right? So you know it's, it's just We saw
1: what your idea of uh, we saw what your idea of cuddling Martin is. It's all good. We've got that idea. <laughs> yeah, <don't worry>. <laughs> <laughs> you, got
0: you got it in one So
1: um, hey Ethan, before we move on from this, I've um I've had a lot of experience with clients who've gone through what you what you've discussed um as your you know your journey, Martin, and um, and I just want to throw out for anyone listening. There is this book that I've had a couple of my clients have some great success with, and I'd I really recommend it. urge you to, um, maybe maybe go ahead and get it. You can also get it on audio if you don't like to read or you want to have something you can tune into in the in the car or what have we. And it's called Brain Over Binge by Katherine Hanson. So Brain Over Binge, go and um go and check it out, guys. Because if you if you are someone that is is going through those periods and needs some, uh, you know, maybe. A different way of looking at it, you know. Definitely, definitely have a look at that book. It's been a, it's been a really good help for a, a, quite a few of my clients. I'll write that down now. Brain, brain over binge. Yeah. yeah, brain over binge by Catherine Hanson, and it is on an audio, so you can get it. Um, I've got a couple of clients that don't like to necessarily spend time with their head in the book, so we've got mm-hmm. it on audio instead. But we, we've had ten really good success stories come out of uh, some of the strategies that are adopted inside that um, that publication. So you know, definitely look at it, guys.
2: I think mm-hmm. that's, uh, that, that's excellent that we've got those sort of re- – that we're recommending these sort of resources. Oh, yeah. There will be listeners um, that I can guarantee um, that are yeah. dealing with this and, and because it is so pro- – I, I know that Martin just mentioned before that often, uh, you know, the influence of social media can have a, a yes. negative impact on people and, and a skewed perception of things. Also, uh, one of the other things is that you can often see people, um, you know, their eating disorder uh, is actually validated through uh, likes, comments or trophies. And and you don't know that that individual may be, you know, struggling. So, uh, you know, maybe the eating disorder has lent itself to them looking a certain way in an unhealthy way. But the product that they've produced on stage or in a photo that they're getting um, gratification from uh, looks a certain way. And, and you can fall fall into that cycle that, that Martin was speaking about. So uh, I would highly recommend that anyone who is dealing with these sort of pressures – um, and may or may not be in denial about the relationship that they have with food, um, mm. definitely read that book, that Ali, or listen to that mm. uh, that book yeah. that Ali's recommended because uh, the first step is to take action on these things rather than to allow them to fester away and yeah. to play, play with your mind. So great mm. great work, Ali. I love that. Good point. Definitely,
1: and um, and Martin, look, you know, look, I actually did a post today on Instagram, and it was all about you know getting clear on goals, and um, you know, that moment where you know you you may have always wanted something, you may have had your head focused on on you know a certain aesthetic outcome, but when you actually break it back and look at what is required to get there, or to achieve or attain something that you think you want, you might actually find it's not what you want at all. You might actually find that in in fact, you know, you want something completely different or slightly more flexible than what you're, you know, wanting to go for. So I think, you know, again, it's got to be made very clear to yourself what your actual goals are and uh, whether or not you're, you're killing yourself like um, some people are in some situations for something you actually don't even want at all. Because to, for, to me, Martin, it sounds almost like that's a process you got to in your journey as well where you went, is this really what I want? You understood, you know, the, the balance of the space between one end of the spectrum to the other where you wanted to sit. And then once you got really clear about that and your why, which was more about optimal health and longevity, it fell into place, didn't it?
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. And you know, it's, that's, that's, yes, yeah, spot on what you said there, because you know, it's, it's just realizing why you're doing it. And it's just self-awareness yeah. really, like we were saying about, about yeah. the binge eating as well. It's like, a lot of people, I think about fifty percent of people nowadays with an eating disorder fall into that that binge eating disorder category. Where, mm-hmm. but a lot of people do have this issue, but they're not quite aware of it. So I think self awareness mm-hmm. is just key, really. I mean, and another example with like nutrition and stuff for, um, was was uh, another thing which kind of excelled me forward with my journey was was just tracking my my, my calorie intake and learning about mm-hmm. kind of what 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 not so much calories, but what nutrients work well in my body and you know, what my maintenance calories were and just these kind of things are really, really, um, really, really effective long term, I think, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's important to empower and educate yourself uh, where you can. You're not going to learn everything overnight, Mm. um, but, you know, you will reach a stage where you know over time you want to be you 're naturally inquisitive I find if you're if you 're on this fitness journey and you 're wanting to better yourself uh, whether whether it 's from a physique development point point of view or your performance in the gym or just holistic health, you will have that natural um, inquisitive nature to learn more and the more you can educate and empower yourself. Um, the more likely you'll be able to, yeah, I I guess the key thing there is feel empowered to make those informed decisions, Um, understanding, you know, the caloric density of the foods that you're eating and being mindful of that, but also being mindful um, of of the micronutrient density, what foods are actually going to make you feel better uh, and what (laughs) what foods are actually going to wreak havoc um, with your gut, no matter how tasty they they tend yes. to be, uh, <laughs> you know. So I, I think uh, just listening to 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 Martin's transition, um, from a psychological standpoint, he, he's he key take homes for me is to to educate yourself, um. You know, and and read as much as you possibly can, but also uh, getting different perspectives from podcasts, from people that show you a different light, and, and they share the same passion for fitness, but they've probably got a more ba- uh, a balanced view or. Or perspective on things, which mm-hmm. uh, can can positively influence you. Um, and and I, I have no doubt that Martin, with all the work that you've done with your podcast, you've you obviously interviewed a, a vast array of people within the fitness industry beyond competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think I'm sure that those experiences are, are subconsciously shaping how you view mm-hmm. leading mm-hmm. a, a healthy healthier lifestyle.
3: That's It's pretty right. cool when you think about. When you think about all the things you can do, all these different avenues like yeah. podcasts that we have. like there's something that um, I did yesterday. Now, I don't advise people try this, but I did it um, just to see how, how my body would respond and uh, just to test my mental strength, I guess. So I did a 20-hour fast. I, I've i been listening Christ. to um, – I listened to Ben Greenfield podcast. And yes. He, he awesome. does some pretty whacked out things like like four – six-day fasts or something like that, like mm. four to six days, you'll fast. Anyway, so I did 20 what? hours fasting. I gave myself an anima and <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I did that to start the fast and I went 20 hours, oh no nothing in the GI tract. Then I did an infrared sauna. I also did – I did, did three this all doses at once. of a thousand milligrams of berberine throughout Freak. the day just to drop blood sugar right Very down. Very smart in. move. And... <laughs> Okay, I I I will admit I did not feel my greatest yesterday. No shit. So it was it was something that I thought I'd test out and just see like how things are going. (laughs) Just throw the kitchen sink in all at once, isn't it? Why not?
1: This is so far from my idea of balance. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) No, It's 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 true
0: though. It's a very good point you made because that's the problem. Like people take things to the extreme, and I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, this is an experiment, right? So like, each to their own. But like people for example with fasting it's almost like fasting is a buzzword now and people are people who yeah. haven't built up they haven't built the foundations you know they're not eating the right foods for the most part yeah. and then they and then they're yeah. trying to fast but they're not fasting for health reasons which is if you yeah. look at all the benefits of health right from yeah, a, yeah. from a health yeah. perspective right they're doing it to lose weight which straight away is a really really bad idea essentially you you look at food then as you know, I'm going to starve myself to get leaner, and it's like that is not the way to do it. You know what I mean?
3: So, yeah. as a as a disclaimer to everything that I just mentioned, sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. no, that was great. I might try that myself though. That's I, what I'm do, not, do not try this at home, anybody. Okay? <laughs> I only did it. Okay. okay, now I I do regularly when I'm in comp prep. I regularly do 16 hours fasted. So oh, yeah, I that extra foot- Four hours extra was nothing for me, yeah, but I know a lot of people that just trying to get to 14 hours fasted is like getting blood stones. stone, so I don't it's know. extremely you, difficult. Jared, but, you
1: had me at the fact that you said 20 hours plus an enema. I mean, my yes,
3: God. It was gold. <laughs> it was gold. But um, yeah, it, 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 delivered, oh, it delivered a really good result, I feel. I I'm sure it did. Yeah, that man. Yeah. Don't, don't do this. If you've never done fasting, do not do <laughs> any of the above that I just recommended. Build your way up. And like Martin said, oh, yeah. you need to you need to actually get a healthy metabolism before you Great, go man. pulling food out of it for a long yeah. periods of time. Because we need to build the metabolic rate up before we we bite into that at all. But yes, it it, it takes time. I mean, don't just don't just go out and go straight for a four day fast with um, infrared Jeez. saunas every day and Look, You'll kill yourself.
2: Too much. I like food too much. I, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, I, like
0: food. I just love having massive I've meals. Found, I'm not uh, going to lie.
2: <laughs> I found uh, I found
1: intermittent fasting to be so exceptionally good for me, and and you know, look, uh, everyone on the that listens to me on the podcast knows that I run this 24 seven. You know, um, every every day of the year. But the reason for me finding it actually initially um, going back about it would be nearly six years now was because of my time on the floor with clients. So I'd be up and I'd start work at 5 a.m., wouldn't actually stop till 11, and the whole concept, I would not eat or take time in between my clients, and I was back to back. So I would break and fast, and I would break my fast at that fasting point when I'd finish with my my last client for the morning, you know, um, split. Now... I obviously went on to then find such significant health benefits and so much a composition benefit for me personally and for my physique it works so optimally that, I'm, that I've just carried it on and continued it. And a 16-hour 16, 16 window of fasting for me I found is def- definitely the sweet spot. But I can still remember the first month I did it far out. I thought my throat was cut. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm good. Now I'm sweet and now I'm not even hungry in the mornings. So I function better in fact. In the mornings, without having had food.
3: Yeah, I think I think from a mental perspective, um, hormonal health, metabolic health, it, it can be very beneficial. But it does it takes it takes time to build up to a and, point where you can and it's do not for, that. And it's not for that, everyone. You know, it's not yeah. for everyone. No, 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 not at all. Not I know some people. Yep. I know some clients that get really bad results Definitely. if they, if they fast, they get yep. sick, Crank. their I've... blood sugar drops too low. They don't feel good. They've got no energy. <laughs> and Definitely. then in the next yeah. day is even, even worse. So no, it is not for everybody, but, like Martin said, listening to different information, trialing yeah. things, seeing mm. what works for you because, you know, it would be great if it was a one-trick pony and there was only one way approach to this. We'd all be out of
2: jobs.
1: <laughs> we'd, all be enemy, we'd all be doing enemies 20-hour fast and saunas with Jarrett. That's all we'd
0: be doing. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the only reason. That's the only reason fasting is not like, you know, as big a thing like supplements, for example, right? You can market it. You can You can sell it. How do you sell fasting to people? You know what I mean? Like, Sooner or later, they'll figure out a way. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah,
1: probably.
2: They'll even put a bottle on it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Magic kill. And look, how how you choose to distribute your calories throughout the day and when you choose to ingest them, everyone's just mentioned there that it does come down to the individual. And what Ali was just mentioning there, how – um, her lifestyle at that particular point in time, it constituted what she was mm. like, it just mm. it, it, often I say to clients and I say to anyone, how you choose to partition your calories throughout the day is entirely dependent on your personal preference. How you perform yeah. in the gym is one factor, how you feel should actually be the main priority throughout the entire mm-hmm. day. Uh, and, and lifestyle considerations have to come into play. Yeah. If, if you are working on the floor and it's more conducive with your lifestyle to do have your, um, you know, your daily calorie intake within that eight-hour eight window, that, that, that if that fits within your lifestyle and, and you feel comfortable with doing that and perform optimally doing that, then go for it. If you perform better um, having more frequent meals throughout the day, uh, then you should do that. How you choose to partition is, is up to you. But just listening to, I mean, Jared's extreme example in terms of no. ah, <laughs> but But, but, <laughs> but the take-home message is still the same. Um, li- listening to different bits of information, evaluating them, and the only way that you can evaluate them is often through trial and error to make, that, uh, to make that objective assessment and, yeah, correct, and, and, and finding what works for you. And, and I know that all of us as trainers and coaches, when we go through the process of, of moulding or designing a, a, a training mm-hmm. program or a protocol uh, uh, around the individual, uh, you know, this is the process that we go through with regard to objective analysis through trial and error. Oh. Um, yeah. and, and uh, that's even, I mean, the same thing could be applied to your to a training program as well. So, mm. um, yeah, I think well, it's always keeping
1: yeah,
2: an objective
1: based outcome focus where we're looking, you know, always at that evidentiary data. So hundred percent it is. And, and, you know, you've got to, I think the more we can empower people to be able to do that for themselves as well as with a coach or, you know, at least collaboratively with a coach, then the better we're setting the population up for, for good health change, you know, and optimal health change, and that's ideally what we want. It's, as practitioners and professionals in this field, that's ideally what we want is to leave people better than when we found them, and with better equipped skill set to actually look after themselves more optimally. Really, that's what we want to do.
0: Definitely, and habits. I think that the kind of one of the underlying themes of this podcast is oh, the power of habit. That's actually a book. I don't know if anyone's read that book, The Power of Habit but um, it's, it's, very, it's it's just basically like forty percent of the things we do are habit um only like 60, mm-hmm. roughly sixty percent of decisions forty percent of habit so for, uh, most people I come across actually eat food out of habit, and that's one good yeah, thing yeah. like not so much fasting, but just go in maybe every now and then, for example, like it, if you were to skip breakfast, once you do that a couple of times you realize actually you're not hungry you know we have tens of thousands of calories of fat stored in our body to keep us alive mm-hmm. you know if we were dumped on a desert island for example so you know, a lot of things yeah. we do are just purely habits. So it's just a case of forming better habits, I guess. Overall, yeah, great.
2: and we've 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 spoken a, a, about that at length on this podcast with regard to, and we broadly speak about the importance of consistency. But it is mm-hmm. it's consistency with yes. those habits and, and, and processes. And I think you know, hearing Martin's um, you know progression. Over the years, uh, rather than getting fixated on results, focusing on processes. Um, Mm. So if we can get into the habit of executing on processes to the point where they become subconscious activities that we don't think about, we just do. I mean, all, all, all four of us. The very thought of not training, like people, people laugh at me when I say like when, when I say I'm going on holiday. Um, and, and then, I, and then I, I make the conscious effort to go to the gym. They're like, why? And it's like, because I don't know any better.
1: And
0: if Dude. you
2: I I book where
1: I'm staying All around the, the gym. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like the first that's exactly it goes, right. Like, Where's the with gym? He <laughs> goes, goes, am I going to be close to a gym, walking distance or not? And is or is there not a Whole Foods because am I or am I not in America? That's pretty much how it goes. And then I just base my Airbnb around that
0: let me ask you guys why that is. Then let me ask you why that is. Why is it you want to train when you go on holiday? you just share that with the listeners. If I'm,
1: if, I, if I'm really honestly, if I'm going to be really honest with you, it's because 100 percent I am like so passionate about every single bit of training, the lifestyle. Just I feel better. I, I run better. I think better. I, you know, as a human being, I'm my best version of myself when I'm in optimal health, and optimal health to me is about taking care of myself. 365 days a year, no matter
3: what. There we no go. Right. I'm a little bit, a little bit different to Ali. I like to keep my missus happy, and if I don't go to the gym, she <laughs> knows I get, I get cranky, and then I get in trouble. To be honest, that's not the only reason
2: she wants you to go to the gym. She needs to make sure that you look trim, taut, and terrific. So
3: <laughs> no, I like that. should We pinch you back fat in the kitchen again. Yeah, she would. She would. She's nasty like that. No, <laughs> honestly, I'm – I'm like Oof. one of those, I don't know what body type you'd call it, like skinny fat, but I don't train. Oh, my God. And when I don't train, I just get this, like, I just start to look smooth. So, I've, you know, I've got to keep my shape on holidays. I've got to keep up appearances. Come on. Yeah, so this, is the, this is where the animal comes in.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, to be honest, look, it's one of those things, when it comes to training, um, it, it, you know, the reason I got into training and lifting weights and doing all of this was because I didn't have anything better to do after I finished high school. Um, And it provided me with a structure and regimen to my day. But moreover, when I went into the gym and, and I trained, it was one win for the day, and it provi- you obviously get the release of endorphins, but it's that personal fulfillment, and it translates from my involvement in sport um, and, and wanting to tick goals and uh, tick processes and kick goals with regard to um, you know, sporting endeavors, but then it translated to knowing that I was fully accountable for the results that I got in the gym of my own accord. Through this pursuit, it wasn't necessarily an obligation that I needed to. And I think Martin's touched on it before: negate a negative. I didn't. It's not about. It's not about uh, avoiding getting fat. It was about producing something, whether it's uh, you know increasing my squat and getting a PB in that regard, or whether or not it's getting a PB in a particular exercise. Um, it, 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 it's not about negating a negative. It's about producing something. And I think that shift in yeah. perspective that they often people go into the gym and especially if they do go away on holiday and it's going to be timely in light of the fact that we're reaching the festive season. Now people will go into the gym with a sense of guilt um, yes. or they do it out of a sense of, they'll do it out of a sense of obligation mm. because yeah. they want to, I want to, I'm going to the gym because I want to avoid getting fat and, and, or I'm going to the gym on holiday because I can't afford to pile on the pounds or something of that nature. Yeah. Whereas, Whereas I go to the gym and I look at the extra calories that I'm consuming the whole night or whatever, and I go, I'm here to produce something, whether it's to produce yeah. a larger seat that I can look in the mirror and be pleased with. But moreover, I'm here at the gym to get a performance, and it's a small win, and you can celebrate it. And I often say to my clients, especially ones that are so fixated on the end result that they get very stressed about it, I say to them, guys... The end result will be the byproduct of your efforts in the gym. And if you can find fulfillment in the enjoyment of the execution of the process and and the execution of performing a particular lift and and the small wins along the way, as Martin's touched on before, the physique will be the byproduct of a healthy relationship with training. So don't walk into the gym, I'm trying to avoid getting fat. Go into the gym going, I'm going to execute this lift and, or, you know, if girls, you know, the hip thrust, put all your energy into I'm going to execute a PB in my five rep max for the hip thrust with the intent, and, and whatever that performance is, it'll lend itself to the bigger booty that you want. And if you can shift that, you know, you can do this long term. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's not going to be that short, you're going to be able to play that long game. So yeah. that's why I go. Even a holiday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you can translate. You can translate that to anything in life, though, right? And I hear successful people yes. saying time and time again. For example, uh, Ben pokulski I'm not sure if any of you listened to his podcast. Oh, God. Yeah. oh What a big legend!
1: One of my a oh,
0: what a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. And he's like he's one of my all-time favorites. Exactly. He was the heaviest. I think he was the heaviest, biggest ever. You know, Mr. Olympia competing athlete, and he said. He got yeah. to the top of that mountain and he was completely empty. And you can relate that to anything, right? So like if you're purely yeah. focused on that end goal, then it, it, you can relate this to getting in shape, right? So when you get in shape, because I've trained you know, probably over a thousand people in my time and I've been there myself, you can be in tip-top shape, right? But still not be satisfied. If you're focusing on just how you look, you're going to be disappointed. So that's why it's like you've got to fall in love with the process, just as Robbie said.
1: Yes, hundred percent, definitely, definitely. Mm. There's got to be more substance than just that stage appearance
0: definitely.
2: to anyone
1: and to anything that you're doing with regards to fitness goals.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think just hearing that, especially with people that that competing and or, or often go get into competing for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, they think that perhaps a trophy or or, or a placing. Will provide, you know, fill a, a, an empty void within themselves. But um, anyone who's, you know, played the competing game long term or the fitness game long term has found enjoyment and fulfillment from the journey. A- and often that can be viewed in a very hairy, fairy way and people can yes. roll their eyes at that very notion. But if you've been doing it for long enough, um, I think anyone that is invested in this industry or invested in the pursuit of, you know, bettering themselves through fitness can attest that there's just something to be, to be gained from just that individual fulfillment from ticking boxes, kicking individual performance related goals. And um, yeah, if you can, guys, if you can really just fall in love with the process, it doesn't matter what the endeavor is Um, the the end result will take care of itself. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Well, Martin, look, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on board. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you.
0: That's right. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on your show. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. It was awesome.
1: Well, I'm sure we're probably going to actually feature you again, and we may even get you to come and be a, a guest at one of our workshops, that's for sure, because I think that having someone that's had the journey that you've had and some of the personal experiences you've had, which, you know, do differ from the three of us, individually I think is it's, it's always lovely it's always lovely to have representation and, and I think it's amazing we've had a male on having a conversation about these particular um yeah. issues because we've not had that yet Martin and I think mm. it's it's very powerful it's more common than we would ever imagine I think and um and I really hope it helps some guys out there that may be suffering from this start to identify and work on on themselves or at least maybe even speak up about it
0: hundred percent. Yeah. My, my friend and I are both uh, getting into the online coaching scene now as well. So we're both kind of going to collaborate together. And, and that's kind of like what we're going to focus on really is obviously mainly men are our audience anyway, but uh, just getting people long term results really. And yeah, was, uh, when you mentioned the workshop thing as well, I'd be um, more than happy to uh, to get involved with that. And I just wanted to say, I was going to actually compete at the Gold Coast show that just went, but I had my mates head (laughs) in. So when I saw the dates, it was like back in July, I was like, ah, falls right on that week. So I am planning on doing one more show at some point anyway. So stay tuned, guys.
1: (laughs) Good, because that was going to be my final question to you would be, when is the WFFF stage going to be seeing you gracing it once again?
0: Hopefully next year. Will it be the pro show be in the Gold Coast again, do you reckon, next year? They announced that. It will well. be. Yeah. Yep. Great.
1: Absolutely. baby.
0: So that's my plan. There we go then. So I'm not going to say yes for certain, but that's definitely on the cards. And uh, that's, if, uh, well, that's we... if they've still got me on the uh, – I don't know if they've taken my pro card off me actually yet because I haven't competed ah, for so long. No, hopefully hopefully, I've still got it. <laughs> it's
1: just, you know what it is? It's just because you went and skipped yourself from Wales to here, so they just lost you in the transit.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's all it
1: is, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's but, that Really looking forward to seeing you up there, so I can't wait. Thanks very much. I really appreciate the uh, time. Let everybody know, Martin, too, where
0: they can uh, find very you, nice. right? Yeah, so uh, on Instagram is at martinsilvafitness, Silva, Fitness, S-I-L-V-A. S-I-L-D-A. And yeah, my podcast, as I mentioned, is uh, Optimize Your Body. Some great content on there. I'm up to around about almost episode 50 now. And that's pretty much it. everybody. I'm on Facebook as well, just Martin silver. Martin Silver you'll find what, me on there what
3: gym are you based at what gym are you based at in Sydney as well mate
0: oh yeah I'm based as a, as a personal trainer in Titan Fitness which is in Coogee in the eastern suburbs of Sydney so you can also find me there if you want to find me in person
3: <laughs> nice awesome work. has right? been an amazing
1: gym I'm still yet to be there but uh, but I've heard that it's, it's phenomenal
3: so it's a really good gym we'll definitely have to check it out yeah for sure
0: be good to link up some well
1: point. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're definitely going to let you know when we're coming in. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Martin, so thank you once again. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks for yeah, on, we'll yeah, you have a good night. We'll speak to you soon.
0: Take care, guys. See you, mate.